0: I was a nerd, <laughs> definitely a nerd. Uh, it took me quite a while to get to where I am today. It was kind of a, a fluke, uh, but first of all, I wanna thank my darling chum, Julie Andrews, for introducing me to this fantastic organization. I am so grateful. Uh, she's, she's the best. Um, I, at first, uh, I, I wanted to be a cartoonist and have my own comic strip, and I would have this family that I would draw about and so forth, and I was very quiet, it was very good, school and everything, but uh, certainly uh, never thought that I would ever wind up doing what I did or do. Um, I then uh, wanted to be a writer, and I uh, studied journalism in school, and uh, I went to UCLA and uh, there wasn't a school of journalism to, uh, uh, to major in. So I looked in the catalog and everything and there was this thing called Theater Arts English where I could take the playwriting courses and so forth. So I enrolled and that was going to be my major. Uh, I didn't realize, however, that when you major in Theater Arts English, when you're a freshman, you also had to take acting scenery, costumes, lighting, sound, so forth. I just thought, I can't do that, but I I wanted to take all the writing courses, so I I was in this acting course and I picked a scene to do with one of my classmates, uh, I thought would be, you know, kind of easy and I was very nervous about it, from Red Peppers, which was an old coward play, comedy, and I pretended to be Betty Grable with a Cockney accent. <laughs> and they all laughed. And I felt wonderful. I felt, whoa, is this what I've been missing my whole childhood, you know? And I, uh, all of a sudden, I wasn't that nerd anymore. Uh, some of the seniors from UCLA would ask me to come and eat lunch with them on the quad, and I thought, Whoa, I really liked it. It was a high. And I adored doing it, and and I realized that it was a fluke. So anyway, I did lap dissolve, get to New York, and I was in a show. And uh, then I got a chance to be on a, a variety show that Gary Moore uh, created. And I was the second banana on that show, which means I was a supporting regular player. And. <clears throat> As a result, after I was leaving the Gary show, uh, CBS asked me to sign a 10-year contract with them, uh, which would mean that I would do one special and two guest shots a year on uh, CBS uh, television. But within that first five years, there was a clause in the contract, which never has happened before and certainly not since. some brilliant agent named Ted Ashley said, <clears throat> wrote in the contract that if within the first five years that I wanted to do a, a, an hour-long television variety show, 31-hour shows, pay or play, I could push that button and they would have to put it on whether or not I w- they wanted to or not. So I said, well, I, I never wanted to be a host a variety. I can't do that. I was, you know, I was nervous about it and so forth. Well, five years was almost up and my husband and I, it was the last year, it was uh, last week of the fifth year. We just put a down payment on a home in California. We had two babies and we were sitting on orange crates. And uh, we said, you know, this was right after Christmas and we had one week to go. Well, let's push that button. So we called, I called uh, one of the vice presidents at CBS, Mike Dan. He said, Hey, Carol, you know, uh, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, everything. I said, yeah, hi, wonderful. Uh, You know, Mike, (coughs) uh, I'm calling because I want to push that button. And he said, what button? And I said, well, you know, we're the one where if I want to do a variety show for 30 variety shows, you'd have to put it on the air. Oh, well, let, let me get back to you. So I'm sure he got a lot of lawyers out of the Christmas parties that we're you know, <laughs> call me back the next day. And he said, yeah, well, Carol, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I see that in the contract. And uh, you know, variety is a man's game. Ooh. <laughs> he said, you know, it's Gleason, it's, it's uh, Dean Martin, it's Sid Caesar, it's Milton Berle. Don't, don't, I mean, you know, gals don't really do that that much, you know. I and I said, but uh, he said, look, I tell you what, I've got this terrific sitcom that we would love you to do on CBS. It's called Here's Agnes. I can just see it. Here's Agnes. (laughs) You know, the music. And I said, but... (laughs) Variety is all I know. Variety is what I love to do. I want to do different characters. I don't want to be the same person week after week. And they tried to talk me out of it. And I said, you know, please, this is... Well, we went on the air. And they had written us off right away. But 11 years later, it was I who decided to... uh, stop doing it for, you know, and uh, because I didn't want us to repeat ourselves, uh, you know, and uh, so 11 years later and, but it was a fluke of, of chance or otherwise I never would have had that chance and I wouldn't be up here today if uh, that hadn't been in the contract. And so when we started to do my show, uh, we decided since I was going to do different, different characters each show, you know, I'd have my teeth blacked out and have a fat suit on and you know, wigs and this and that, and take pies in the face and fall downstairs and jump out of windows. I should uh, let the audience know me first and then didn't bef- get into all that drag, you know? So the, we decided that I would come out as myself and open the show and do questions and answers with the audience and I was at first nervous about it. I was scared that uh, nobody would ask a question, and then I was scared that somebody would. (laughs) But it started, and it happened, and it was, there were never any plants in the audience. I figured if I was going to have egg on my face, that's it, you know, they would know it was for real. So I, we threw it open to Q&A in the audience, and it's a wonderful, was a wonderful way for me to get to know my audience and for my audience to get to know me, so I figured today, what the heck, let's throw it open. Okay. So, uh, Samantha Barry. Um, hi. Hi. How are you? So, what was the strangest question you were asked during the Q and A, or the weirdest question? <laughs> Well, this actually happened. I go on the road occasionally and I do 90 minutes of Q&A with an audience and it's all random. I never know what they're going to say and they just raise their hand and I point It's yes, okay. A few years ago, remember, I think it was about seven or eight years ago, so this is important for, for the story. I was in Texas and a woman in the balcony, I remember she was wearing pink and she was doing this and I said, yes, up there. And she said, Carol, if you could be a member of the opposite sex for 24 hours and then pop back into being yourself again, who would you be and what would you do? (laughs) And I thought, oh my, you know, and the the audience, they kind of started to titter and everything. I swear, I said a prayer. I said, "Okay, God, I don't know what's going to come out. I'm just going to open my mouth. And what comes out is going to be your fault. And what came out was I'd be Osama bin Laden and I'd kill myself. I mean, that that was the weirdest, yeah. (laughs) Any others? Right right here. Thanks, Ms. Burnett. So obviously your show remained successful throughout its run. What about it do you think resonated so deeply with such a broad range of people throughout the country? I think what makes me feel the best is when I have somebody write me or come up to me and say, you know, when we watched your show, it was appointment television. The family could all sit around and, and watch. You know that Saturday night was terrific that we were on because we had uh, All in the Family and Mash, Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart, and then our show. And it um, at, at that time back in the day, I don't want to sound like an old fogey, but it was just terrific. And I'm so. Uh, proud of that feeling. And I'm really happy now too because we've had a DVDs go out. So now, and also we're on YouTube a lot and I'm getting mail and stuff from, uh, kids, eight year olds, 11 year olds, 20 you know, uh, year olds, 30, 40 year olds who weren't born when we, <laughs> when we started our show. In fact, one time I was doing a Q and A not too long ago and there was a little boy in the second row. And I, he raised his hand, and I pointed to him, and I, he said, hi, I have a question. I said, well, first, first, what's your name? Andrew. I said, how old are you, Andrew? And he said, nine. And I said, you know who I am? And he said, surprisingly, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's, that's, that, that just cheers my heart so much. <laughs> I think, do uh, you have another one? Yes, back here yeah, in the okay. middle. Okay, Hi. I love that your response to um, variety shows are a man's game is woo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it feels like right now we're hearing that all over again, especially with, say, late night. Any chance you'll come back on the air? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> and if not? Not like that, no. Who from the next generation would you nominate to put in to put in your shoes all over again? Well, see, I never was on a talk show or late show or anything like that, but uh, there are so many wonderful uh, comedians today. It, I'm, I'm the usual suspects: Tina, Tina Fey, and Amy Poehler. I love. I think as far as variety goes, I think Kristen Chenoweth could certainly do a variety show. The problem is that you can't do what we did anymore because it would be too expensive. We had a 28 piece orchestra. I mean, no synthesizers, real orchestra, you know, we did a we did a musical comedy review a week. We had 12 dancers, six girls and six boys. We had uh, guest stars. We had a rep company, a terrific rep company. And so, and the networks today, All they want to do are reality shows and, you know, and I'm watching some of the sitcoms I've seen, you know, there there are a couple that are, I think, really good. The rest of the sitcoms today, to me, seem to have been, or are being written by teenage boys in a locker room. You know they're just (laughs) when you think of the cleverness of All in the Family and Mary's show and Bob and how what the writing was. And I was telling my chum Julie uh, today at lunch. um, I asked Larry Gilbart one time. We were at dinner, not too well, you know, nationally before he passed away. But um, (laughs) we were having uh, dinner, and I asked him. I said, Larry, what uh, Larry Gilbart? Was one of the greatest uh, comedy writers ever, and I said, "What is it? What's wrong today with this, the comedies, the situation comedies?" And you know, it's all set up, set up, joke, laugh track. <coughs> and he said, "Well, it's simple." He said, "The writers today never played stickball in the street. They're writing about life once removed. They watched it on television. They're, that's what they're writing about. They didn't go out and play and and." do let's pretend, and pretend to be pirates, or this or that, or princesses, or whatever, and make up their own stories. And I think that's a problem. Also, uh, too much reality. Too much reality shows, you know, and it's because they don't cost any money. So that's the problem. But I would just hope that there are some writers here who'll write from their heart, and, you know, and, and do what they want, not to try to please uh, the network. So maybe somebody can break through and bring back some clever writing again. I hope so. Could one of those get you back on the air? Pardon me? Could one of those get you back on the air? Uh, well, maybe, you know, in a, in a recurring role. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> but um, I'm just very happy to be here and to see all of these wonderful young people and to meet all of these wonderful people that Francis, oh wow! And um, I would like to read something. My, I had a wonderful daughter whom I lost uh, about 13 years ago. She was terrific. She uh, uh, and she, she was a writer. She was a performer. She was, she loved people, and uh, uh, she. Anyway, she wrote this um, and gave it to me. Uh, The last time she was in the hospital, Carrie, Carrie's quote, about art. The legacy is really the lives we touch, the inspiration we give, altering someone's plan, if even for a moment, and getting them to think, rage, laugh, cry, argue, walk around the block dazed. I do that a lot after seeing powerful theater. More than anything, we are remembered for our smiles, the ones we share with our closest and dearest, and the ones we bestow on a total stranger who needed it right then, and God put us there to deliver. Thank you.